Today is 250 of year 2023, with another 115 days to go until we all take a leap into the next year. The relevance of these numbers will depend on the reader or listener's perception of time. Every edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement captures a point in time, though not always in a strictly linear fashion. I'm Sean Tubbs, a person seeking to produce as many of these snapshots as possible. In this edition, Green County has placed restrictions on water use due to drought conditions. A plan for Charlottesville to sell a small sliver of city-owned land on West Main Street is now on hold. And Albemarle supervisors authorize bonds to pave the way for the purchase of 462 acres of land in the northern part of the county near Rivanna Station. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, there are two health-related events coming up in the community, and perhaps you or someone you know should attend. First, September is Sickle Cell Disease Awareness Month, and there's a blood drive taking place on September 29th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Mount Zion First African Baptist Church at 105 Lankford Avenue. Everyone is welcome, but black donors are especially asked to donate because one in three donors will match a patient with sickle cell disease. Four tickets to a UVA home football game will be raffled off at the drive. The next day, on September 30th, at the same location, there will be a Men's Day health event from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be health screenings, tournaments, giveaways, and food catered by the Mount Zion First African American Baptist Church Nutrition Ministry. Free transportation is available. Contact me for that contact information. And thank you for the shout-out to this two events. Low level of water in the Rapidan River has led Greene County to place its public utility customers on mandatory use restrictions. Alan Harrison is the director of Greene County Water and Sewer. In a press release that went out yesterday, he said that Greene County operates a run-of-the-river intake system with low water flow in the Rapidan River, and so they felt it was prudent to take the step of instituting water use restrictions for residents and businesses within the county. A national map of drought conditions maintained by the National Drought Mitigation Center classifies most of Greene County as in moderate drought, with a northern tip in severe drought, along with several other counties heading up toward the Maryland border. The northern half of Albemarle County and Charlottesville are in moderate drought. Albemarle Supervisor Ann Malik addressed the issue at yesterday's board meeting. The news out of the Shenandoah Park is that streams and rivers are closed to fishing due to low stream flows and high water temperatures. And most of the streams, as is the Mormons River, are not moving at all. The restrictions in green prohibit the watering of most outdoor vegetation, except limited watering for newly seeded lawns, watering by commercial nurseries of freshly planted plants, and overnight usage of dedicated irrigation systems. Washing of vehicles with public water is also prohibited, except for in facilities with recycling systems that have been approved by the county. People are also asked to use less water with shorter showers and only using dishwashers and washing machines if they are full. Fines for violations would be between $100 and $2,500, depending on the scope of the incident. For a full list of restrictions in Greene County, visit the Greene County website. There's a link in the newsletter. 
Supervisor Ann Malik said many streams in the Whitehall district have dried up. Though Albemarle County has not issued any restrictions, she urged everyone to conserve water. There are no rules for rural well use, but if you're using a lot on your own well, you may be depleting your neighbor's aquifer as well. Reservoirs maintained by the Ravana Water and Sewer Authority are at 94.82% of their usable capacity as of Tuesday. We'll keep monitoring the situation. Charlottesville will likely not collect nearly $120,000 in revenue for the sale of a small sliver of land on a busy thoroughfare. In August, a majority of city council indicated they would be willing to sell a small rectangular property that Charlottesville owns in the 600 block of West Main Street. A public hearing was held in August, and no one spoke, and a resolution to sell the property for $119,108 for the 0.263-acre sliver moved on to the second reading. However, comments from some in the community prompted City Manager Sam Sanders to remove the item from the consent agenda for Tuesday's council meeting, and he explained his reasons. One, to give staff additional time to go back and reconsider um, what particular actions were taken in order for them to reach the conclusion to recommend the, the potential sale in the first place. In addition to that, there's ongoing conversations with the property owner. That property owner is Main Street LLC, an entity that traces back to San Francisco-based developer Alan Kajin, who developed many properties along West Main Street with his late partner Gabe Silverman. Former Charlottesville Mayor Kay Slaughter spoke at the Community Matters portion of Tuesday's meeting to urge council to vote no on any proposal to sell the land. I ask the city retain public ownership, improve and maintain the Star Hill green space by planting additional trees to cool and beautify the area. Slaughter said the city should not sell land without robust public input and outreach. Here, the public interest is in and demand for additional shade trees along a busy street in a historic area already designated as a tree desert. One nearby Star Hill resident urged the city to program the space. Here is Pat Edwards. Plant some trees there, put a bench there so that when my dog walks me and I'm worn out, I can sit. Sanders said the city has been negotiating with Main Street West LLC about other solutions to satisfy what they had wanted to do, but did not give further details at the meeting. He said the city will hang on to the land for now. The intention is that we will continue to look at it internally. If there is a reason to bring it back, we will bring it back. But at this moment, we will consider the matter not for sale until something changes. There is no longer any sort of a master plan for how infrastructure on West Main Street should be built. Last June, City Council canceled all four phases of a West Main streetscape that had been in the works since 2013. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Jazz Society continues a new monthly series showcasing the area's great local jazz talent. On September 24th at Miller's, beginning at 6 p.m., the spotlight will be on John Durth, who will play tracks from his album Coin of the Realm. You can read a review over at WTJU's website while you wait for the big day. Durth and his quintet will play from approximately 6 to 8 p.m. 
for opening things up to any musicians who want to sit in and jam. These local jazz spotlight shows are free and open to the public and are sponsored in part by WTJU Radio. The Charlottesville Jazz Society is grateful to Millers for their longtime support of jazz in Charlottesville and for offering a home for this new series. For more information on the Charlottesville Jazz Society, now in its 16th year of preserving jazz through live performances and education, visit seavillejazz.org. One more story today. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors has followed through with a prior decision to purchase 462 acres of land near Rivanna Station. On Wednesday, supervisors voted unanimously to authorize the issuance of municipal bonds to finance the property acquisition, as well as other items in the county's capital improvement plan. Here is Jacob Sumner, the Interim Director of Finance for Albemarle County. The financing plan that we have before the board today uh, is a little unique uh, and, and unique in that it is one financing package, but it, within that package, it contains two debt issuances um, and two distinctly different debt issuances. The total amount to be issued is $178 million, with $118 million going to finance projects in the Capital Improvement Program, such as expansions at Crozet and Mountain View Elementary Schools. Some of the funds will also cover the expansion of the county courts complex in downtown Charlottesville. I will note of the $118 million, $40.2 million have already been expended. So that first $40 million of this issuance would be going towards reimbursing the county for these capital improvements. The rest will go to pay for projects approved in the program that are nearing construction. This is routine business as usual for Albemarle. The second issuance uh, is a bond anticipation notes not to exceed $60 million for the acquisition of the Ravana Station Futures uh, property. Rivanna Station's Futures is the code name for the 462 acres near Rivanna Station that Albemarle is planning to purchase from an LLC associated with developer Wendell Wood. The six supervisors already approved that purchase back on May 24th, but the deal has not yet closed. The term for these bond anticipation notes is five years rather than the 20-year term for the CIP bonds. Sumner said this shorter term gives the county the opportunity to seek other partners who might shoulder some of the cost of debt service on the purchase. At some point in those five years, the debt would be converted to long term. Here's County Executive Jeffrey Richardson to explain more about potential partners. These are partners to be named as we continue to go through our work with the state, asking the state to help us with this, with this perimeter, maybe as you would approach it almost like a master plan uh, for what the Ravana uh, property could be over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Richardson said partners could also be private companies or academic institutions. The bond issuance will also need to be approved by the Economic Development Authority at their meeting on September 19th. Staff would then move into October and engage with the rating agencies, and we would work through our presentation on our projects and then obtain our rating, uh, credit ratings from the agencies at that time. For more information on this topic, check out the resources at the link in the newsletter. And if you have any questions about any of this, let me know. I'll try to answer.
But that is the end of number 574. And how long should an episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement be? This is an interesting question, and with nearly 575 editions in the can, there are certainly many different shapes and sizes so far. The goal remains to one day have this be a daily, a goal that will require additional staff. There is certainly enough to write about, and with your help, this goal has a good chance of being met. How can you help? Perhaps the best thing you can do is to spread the word of this newsletter and podcast existence. About a quarter of you have opted for a paid subscription, which I very much appreciate. And if you have not done so, perhaps today's the day. If you do, Ting will match your initial payment. Hooray for Ting! And if you're in the market for a new high-speed internet, do think about Ting and sign up for a link in the newsletter with the promo code COMMUNITY. There's lots of goodies. You know them by now. But did you know that this is the end of episode number 574? Sure is. Goodbye. Goodbye.